0: this morning. It's called the School of Obedience. and I want to share this with you. I believe it's essential if we're going to be a holy people, as this is our theme for the year, that uh, we need to understand what obedience is all about. And so we're entering into the School of Obedience. Let's begin with the first point, and that is the Great Commission. Matthew 28, 19 and 20. How many of you know this, right? You know it by heart. Go into all the world, right? Go, go. So we're to bring this Gospel, this message of Jesus Christ into the whole world. And what are we to do with it? We are to make disciples of all nations. All people groups. It's not just for the Jews, but for all people, all nations, all flesh. God is saying, make them disciples of Me. But here's the key to the Great Commission. And that is this teaching them to obey all that I have commanded you. The Great Commission is about the church teaching obedience to Christ. Now now figure this out. If the church, the people, and I'm not talking about the buildings, I'm talking about the body of Christ, we the people are to make disciples teaching unbelievers, non-believers, to come into an identity in Christ, to come to the Lord Jesus, teaching them, discipling them, how to obey the Lord Jesus Christ. If we're to do that, then we need to be the people who obey all the commands of Jesus. Does this make sense to you? Right? So the church is the school of obedience. You are the teachers and the tutors of obedience to Christ. So therefore, we must live a life of obedience to Christ if we're going to teach the nations, if we're going to teach government leaders, if we're going to teach police departments, if we're going to teach civic authorities, if we're going to teach high school and college professors and teachers, if we're going to teach professionals and laborers how to obey all the commands of Jesus, it means we're to model that obedience to Christ. Does that make sense to all of us? Amen. So then we better get on the ball. The school of obedience is not some special school uh, set aside over here or over there. It is the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. We're the school of obedience. We're the tutors. So folks, we need to get on this. We're to be a holy priesthood, a a royal priesthood, a holy nation that walks in obedience to Christ. So I'm asking you to examine your life. Are you tutoring obedience? When someone looks at you, when your children look at you, are they saying, oh, mom and dad are obedient to the Word of God? When your coworker looks at you and looks at his clock on the the breaks and the lunch hours and says, oh my goodness, they are so punctual to the rules of this company. Why is that? Why, it's because they are students of obedience to the Lord. And they are teaching me how to behave. It's really what it's about. How's this thing going to propagate? How is it going to go forward unless we have a school of obedience? Now, uh, a school of obedience began in your own home, didn't it? How many of you remember mom and dad teaching you to obey? They should have. And it is the first command with promise. The promise is you'll live long if you obey your parents. If you don't obey them, uh, you won't live long. We're to honor mom and dad. And mom and dad were the first school of obedience in our lives. And they told us certain things. Right? They told us, how, how many of you remember this one? All right? Don't touch the stove or you'll get what? Burn. If you play with fire, you get burned. Right? Simple, isn't it? Aren't you glad mom and dad taught you that? Some taught you, that, taught you that in different ways. Some let you touch the fire so you'd learn your lesson. Others, that would be a dad's thing. <laughs> let him touch it. He'll learn. <laughs> and the mom's like, get away! Right? Uh, so, Anyways, we, we're taught obedience. Here's another one of obedience, right? Don't put that in your mouth. You don't know where it's been. Don't eat gum under the table that's stuck at the desk, right? Don't put that in your mouth. How many of you were taught that lesson? Some of you are still putting things in your mouth that you should not be putting in your mouth. Don't do that. Simple obedience. Isn't this silly? But don't you have to train a child? Kids don't. know. They see gum and they go, I like gum. How about this one? The five second rule. It used to be a five-second rule. We've gotten a little cleaner. Now it's a three-second rule. Have you heard that? Yeah. Right? How many of you know every time you put peanut butter and jelly on a piece of bread or toast, and when you drop it, automatically it will always fall to the peanut butter? And so when you pick it up because, hey, it was quick, it's only been three seconds, you have every dog hair piece of lint and dirt, This is just simple obedience. Your parents say, don't pick that up. I'll make a new one, right? You drop your fork at Panera, right? And, and get a new one. Get a new one, okay? This is simple obedience. What does this have to do with Jesus? Well, let me, let me tell you, okay? How about this one? You know this one. Another, another rule. Don't eat the... Yellow snow. yeah, don't eat the yellow snow. These are all simple, and, and we would all have no problem still obeying those. I'm hoping your parents taught you this, and if not, then you've learned something today, okay? But its say, well what's that got to do with spirituality and? it's no different when you become a babe in Christ. When you get born again, there are really some basic simple things that you're to stay away from. To obey the Lord Jesus. Why do parents instruct their kids? Don't put that in your mouth. Don't touch that fire. It'll burn. Don't eat the yellow snow. Why do parents do that for your benefit? Then why did God tell us to refrain from sexual immorality and Why did God tell us not to gossip and slander and not worship anything else beside Him? For our own good, it's no different than chewing gum that's already been chewed or eating crummy snow that's been peed on. You just apply this spiritually and how many of us have been eating snow that is polluted? We've been eating references and words and thoughts and ideologies that man's pee all over it's rotten it's no good how many of us are picking up stuff and eating it spiritually that is foul we're touching fire that burns you're in wrong relationships you're shacking up with people you're you're having flirtatious uh events with other people stay it'll burn you It's no different. Why do we find it so hard to obey the commands of God? But these are real simple. I learned these. And so there are spiritual commands that we must obey. And God gave them to Israel. And Christ gave them. And He says, I need you to obey all that I have commanded you. And there are many positive commands. Love one another. Don't slander or gossip one another don't steal from one another don't covet from these these are as basic and simple to our spiritual lives as these simple lessons to children but we trespass them we go past the line and so we're to be the school of obedience so we need to model this obedience so let me take you on a tour through the School of Obedience, through the Scriptures, a quick survey. And I'm going to give you five reasons why we need to obey the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's understand why we need to be obedient. We'll start with the first one. It began in the garden. The reason you need to be obedient to the Lord is because it will establish your destiny. Genesis 2.16 says, The Lord commanded the man, Adam, you are free to eat any tree in the garden. You are free to eat. You are free. Say that with me. You are free. That's a choice. That's freedom. God gave Adam and Eve free will. You have a free choice to eat of the uh, any tree you want. Don't eat that tree. Well, why did he put that stipulation down? Because he didn't want them to eat that tree. Of the knowledge of good and evil, and then enter into eating the tree of life and eternally be bound in evil. He was helping them, setting boundaries and purity maps around them to keep clean and away from something that could harm them. Just like a parent tells the child, Don't touch the stove, it's hot, you'll get burned. And so, what did Adam and Eve do? They ate the tree. You know what kills me about Adam? Do you know where Adam was while Eve was talking to the serpent and the serpent was beguiling her? Right next to her. What was he doing? Right? Now, study it, read it, you'll find that out. He was right next to her. Here's the thing. When they ate and disobeyed, it set there destiny it sets our destiny when you begin and when you freely choose to obey the lord you begin to establish your destiny in god there is power in choice how many of you know that god said it before israel choose you this day life or death life or death now jesus came to give us life and life abundantly choose this day Will we obey the commands of Jesus? Will we follow the commands? Do you know the commands of Jesus? You all have them. You have them on your cell phone, as an app. It's called the Bible. You have that book at home, and you can study it. If you choose to obey this book and the commands of Jesus, you will establish your destiny in abundant life. If we disobey this word, we're choosing what? Death. Separation from God. So obedience is essential to establish your destiny. And God gives us these commands for our well-being as any good parent does. So number one, obedience will establish your destiny. I've been living unto the obedience of the Word of God, as, as best I know how, and pressing in to do better every day. And I may say that my life is blessed. I am rich in the things of God. And I enjoy life. I love life. And I love all that God has given me and blessed me with. And it's not because I am a very special, wonderfully anointed guy. It's because God has given it to all of us. And if we would obey His principles, we will find life. And life abundantly. So I'm encouraging you this morning. Choose and your destiny. Obey the word of the Lord. The second is purpose. Obedience now gives you purpose. Do you know how many people are wandering around aimless? I don't know what to do, I don't know how to be, I don't know how to act. God has given us commands. Now, therefore, go. Disciple this world, teach them obey my commandments if you'll love one another if you'll set your house in order if you'll set your mind on my word you'll have peace so where did we get purpose in genesis six twenty two, it says noah did everything that god commanded him noah did everything god commanded him he obeyed god this is awesome therefore it gave him purpose and that means you now have purpose over pleasure We live in a culture where everybody's purpose is to please themselves. How many of you found that this is a real problem for our society? Everybody's point of view is self-enjoyment, self-fulfillment, and self-pleasure. You know, the founders of this country uh, set with liberty and the pursuit of happiness, and everybody's just all about the pursuit of their own personal happiness. True happiness and true societal peace means you care for one another. But now if everybody's just out for themselves, we're no longer looking after and having a purpose, we're all seeking pleasure. And so we have a culture that seeks pleasure. And we have a church that's always about pleasure instead of purpose. We need to get back to the purpose of what the church is about, and that is the obedience of manifesting Christ to all people around us, to display A life of obedience to the commands of Christ and to display our destiny of joy. And so, what is the purpose? Can you imagine Noah's purpose? Noah, I want you to build an ark. Noah, what are you doing? I'm building a boat. Why are you building? There's no, there's no, that's a really big boat. It won't fit in any of these rivers around here. How long have you been working on it? Well, this is about. 50 years now at this rate you got another 50 to go Can you imagine that year 75 his wife asks him where are you going Noah and he gives her the stink eye you know where I'm going I'm going to build that boat why are you building the boat Noah it's going to rain it doesn't rain here Noah How many of you want to obey only when you understand what you're supposed to obey? We're information age. We're people. We want to know what we're supposed to obey. We want to know why we're going to obey this. The Lord says, do this. Well, why? Right? And then you act. Wouldn't it be great if God was just like you were when you told your kids? Because I said so. You always come to that place, right? I have more power than you. Because I said so. Do it. I want to know why. Just do it. Noah had no concept of all that was going into this saving the world business. He knew God was going to destroy it. He was a preacher of righteousness. And he declared that the world is coming to an end. But I mean, did he really understand that these animals are going to come two by two into his boat, and he's going to build this thing, and it's going to rise up, and it's going to, uh, and the world's just going to flood? I mean, did he really comprehend? But obedience doesn't mean you have to know everything. When God tells you to do something, do it. You'll find the benefits and the rewards are beyond what you could even ask or imagine. But we have to be obedient. Jesus tells the story of two sons. And He says, to the, I need you to do this. And the one says, uh, uh, yeah, I got it done. I'll be right on it. And the other says, I really don't want to do it. Do I have to? Time went on. The one who said He would do it didn't do it. And the one who complained did it. Which one was obedient? The one who got it done. But wouldn't it have been more gracious and wonderful if He would have said, yes, Father, when will you and I get to the place to act upon the urging and prompting of the Holy Spirit to be obedient at all times? Stop seeking pleasure in obeying Jesus. We all want a reward. We want a little doggy treat. I'll do it, I'll do it, I'll do it. What do I get? What do I get? Right? Right? You have to put little treats in everything. That's how we treat being obedient to the Lord. Jesus said to the servant who came in, he tells another story of a servant who came in, and after he had done all of his chores, the master asked him for one more thing, and he did it. And you know what? He wasn't favored or anything else. He did what he was supposed to do. Now Jesus gave us a commission. Go into all the world and teach them, demonstrate them obedience to me. Command them, teach them, disciple them how to obey all that I have commanded you. So we need to learn how to obey. The church needs to obey the Word of God over our pleasure. And what happens when you begin to obey the Word of God? You have now a purpose. When you wake up in the morning and you purpose in your heart, I'm going to obey every prompting of the Holy Spirit today. You have destiny and purpose in your life. You have, look at, you've got to understand this. When you begin to perform the will of God, you now begin to become the will of God. Does that make sense? If God says, go talk to that person, by you obeying and talking to that person, you have become the will of God to that person. That's powerful. So obedience gives us purpose. Gives us destiny. We have so many people, I don't know what I want to become when I grow up. They're almost at retirement age. Still wondering. You're a child of the living God. Purpose to do the will of the Lord. Obey. You'll have destiny and purpose. And thirdly, what comes out of this is that faith is activated. James said this, he says, Faith without works is what? Dead. It's inactive. It's not faith. Obedience is what transforms words into reality. You say you trust Jesus Christ? Obey Him. You say you trust the Lord? Don't say the words that you're thinking. Don't tell the joke you heard someone else tell that was off color. Obey the voice of the Lord. He's living in you. He's trusting you. No one else is around. You're on the computer. Right? And, and images are coming in on the ads. Control that finger from clicking. Obey. Obey. Manifest and give purpose and dignity to your life and obey the Lord Jesus Christ. Why? You'll have your destiny established. You will have purpose in your life. And thirdly, you will develop a relationship with Jesus Christ. When you begin to obey Him, you begin to trust Him. Faith is activated and you will step out further in faith each time. Your destiny will increase. Your purpose will become bolder. And your relationship with God will increase in trust. This is what happened with Abraham. It was counted unto him as righteousness for believing in God. He left his home and went to the land where God told him. God told him! You will bless all nations through your seed. And he trusted and relationship was established. And then God told him, I want you to take Isaac, your son. He had to identify which son, not Ishmael. If God would have said, take your son and and sacrifice him, he might have taken Ishmael. But he said, identified, I want you to take your son Isaac and sacrifice him. Was he obedient? Yes, it says that the first thing in the morning, he got up. I imagine he did that because he couldn't sleep at all. How many of you have ever been prompted by God, asked by God to do something, and and, uh, it's troubling? But you've got to do it. He won't let it go. You have to trust him. Abraham got up. And this is what happened. A relationship between Abraham and God. He, he realized that God came through on the promise. I do have that son. <laughs> I'm 100 years old and i got a kid. Come on, that's crazy. Sarah and I tried for 10 years and here's that child. I've got a child. Now God's telling me to offer him as a sacrifice. And he understood God's character. He told those who he was with, Isaac and I are going to worship the Lord and we will return. The book of Hebrews says that he trusted that God would raise Isaac. There was something deep and mysterious in this event. That Abraham put the math together that God is faithful and He promised that all the nations of this planet would be blessed by my son Isaac. And he's asking me to kill Isaac. So, how is everyone going to be blessed by Isaac if I kill Isaac? But he took it all the way to believing that God quite possibly could raise his son. He was willing to trust God that far. You see, obedience will build a relationship between you and God that is intimate and that is deep. God is meeting you in all of the challenges he's asking you to obey. And as you trust Him in obedience to every action He's telling you to take, you build trust. You build confidence. You build love. You build relationship. Jesus is personally involved in everybody's life here this morning. The obedience to God is a personal obedience. It's not just You're part of another group of people. Here we have 200 people here this morning. And so this 200 people are going to follow the rope, follow the line, follow this. God put His Spirit in you to talk to you personally and to build your faith personally and to develop you personally. And as you're being developed, you are building a personal relationship of obedience to Him. And He knows how to activate that obedience. He knows how to reward you. He knows how to challenge you. He knows what He needs to do to speak to you. And so what He's asking you to obey, of course there's the general principles, but He's asking you to obey Him moment by moment, breath by breath, command by command. And in this, we have this unique tapestry of testimonies in each one of us, don't we? This great testimony of obedience. I did this and God did that. I did something like that, but it happened this way with me. So obedience gives you destiny. It will open up doors for you and pathways to a life in Christ that gives you purpose now. That my life today has purpose because I'm going to obey God and all that He's commanded. And it builds relationship with Him. And as that happens and you're building relationship, you then have an identity. You have identity. God told Moses in Exodus 19, If you obey Me fully and keep My covenant, then out of all nations, you, Israel, will be My treasured possession. Although the whole earth is mine, you will be for me a kingdom of priests, a holy nation. These are the words you are to speak to the Israelites. When you do the will of God, you become the will of God. You become the priest of God. You become the mediator for the Lord in the earth. How in the world is God going to bring the kingdom of heaven into the earth? through His body, His people, and only through the obedience of His people to do His will. Once you do it, you become identified as a son of God. God said, I don't call you slaves anymore, I call you friends. And a friend in the Middle East wasn't a pal and a buddy and a chum. Hey, you're my buddy. Yeah, hey, Jim, love you. So what are you doing today? No, the concept of a friend in the Middle East is that one who was on equal footing and Jesus said I don't keep anything secret we are joint heirs and so what father wants accomplished in the earth I will tell you and we will do this together we're friends in this we've got the same information so when God gives you something to do and he gives you information to act upon he is sharing that with you because he's with you to do it I'll be with you to the end of the age and we will get this done if we obey And as sons of God, we have the ability to bring the will of God into this earth. That's crazy good. This world is lost out there. They're confused. They have no hope. They have no understanding. You have the identity as a son of God. You see, the more you obey the commands of God's Word and all your thinking and all your efforts and all your word, you become identified as a child of God. You become to know that authority and you know that power and you know that stature. This is all through obedience. Constant obedience brings you destiny. It brings you purpose. brings you relationship and it gives you identity. Oh man, how can we live without this? So many of us, because of our culture, we want blessings without obedience. Re- Israel was a rebellious nation. How many of you know that? And so obedience is essential because we can't dilute the image of God that we're standing in. and this is what happened to King Saul the fifth and the last point I want to make is that obedience brings purity it's not mingled it's not mixed it's not half-hearted obedience means I'm a child of God and I will obey my father it means there's no excuses You know the story. It's 1 Samuel 15.22. God told Saul to kill the Amorites. They were a wicked people living in the land of God's promise. They were an impure people and he needed to wipe the cancer out. That was God's promised land. He said, I want you to get rid of the entire nation of the Amalekites. Now, they had the freedom to leave. The Amalekites could leave. But if they stayed, he said, I want you to wipe them all out. Men, women, children, cattle, beasts, animals, all of them. Saul goes in. He wipes out their army, wipes out the people, but he keeps the king and all the good livestock. He was very careful to look at all the lambs and take the best lambs, look at all the cows, take all the best cows, because he was doing it for God. And he went and got all the the clean and the best animals and he kept them all. Because he he wanted to give them as sacrifices to God. Isn't that good? That's great. Samuel comes and says, what's wrong with you? He goes, what? Does the Lord delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as as in obeying the voice of the Lord to obey Is better than to sacrifice. And to heed is better than the fat of rams. Look at partial obedience is still disobedience. If obedience makes you a priest to God and the mediator of his will, disobedience makes you a mediator of the devil. It's better to obey than to be religious. How many of you are here today to do your religious duty? I'm glad you're paying attention. (laughs) I was looking for hands. We came to church today. We get brownie points in heaven. I mean, that's how Saul was thinking. God commanded him to wipe them out entirely. This was an exercise in obedience. Okay? Now PETA has a problem with this and uh, animal rights people and, and people who have an issue with God on this thing. Think of it spiritually as a cancer. How much cancer should we leave in the body? And that's what God is in the physical trying to teach them. Come on, folks, as the church, how much sin should we leave in our lives? Come on, how much sin should we practice and get away with? Right, I mean, no, 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 no. You guys don't understand grace. Grace covers all of it. No, it's really good. Grace will just, just like, just cover jelly all over it. It's all good. You can just, no, it's okay. You can get away with a lot because what Jesus did on the cross covers it all. So you could still kind of have one foot in the world and one foot in the church. And look at it, as long as you go to church and pay your tithe, come on. That's Saul's thinking. Hey, I, I went to church. I even go on Wednesdays sometimes. I'm prayed. I, I prayed. I'm in a Bible reading program. I did my devotional today. And we think that these little exercises give us nice brownie points with God and we feel good about it. But yet we disobey the, the call of the Holy Spirit when He tells us to repent of this, when He shows us how this is wrong. We're still eating yellow snow. We're still eating the gum that we found under the table. I would dare say that this morning there are people here in an affair, an illicit situation. You're sleeping with somebody. And I'm telling you, you if you don't wake up and if you don't listen to the voice of the Spirit, you're going to be exposed. You better deal with it. Oh, pastor, not in this church. What Are you Are you kidding? obedience brings purity when we begin to respond to what god is convicting and what god is calling out don't think that your little bible study bible study is important yes don't think they're going to church church is yes important but these these aren't what cause us to obey the lord your personal relationship with jesus is a response to all of his commands so don't get into a Saul point of view. But I was going to offer all these to him. I thought he'd like them. Didn't he tell you to kill him? Yeah, but I was just going to delay the killing. How much is delayed obedience false obedience? How many of you played that card? I've played that one. I've just personally got convicted right now by saying that. <laughs> I really have. Okay, i got something to deal with. I've got to write this down for later. Sorry. Wow. All right, I got something out of today. (laughs) Now seriously, delayed obedience? How many of you have that on the back shelf? No, I'll take care of that a little later. I'll be obedient. I'll just take care of it a little later. That's still called disobedience. So, I conclude with this. The first duty of every soul is to find not its freedom... But it's master. To quote Bob Dylan, I I don't know where the man stands spiritually anymore, anyway. You got to serve somebody. You might be a doctor, you might be a lawyer, whatever. You got to serve somebody. You're either going to serve God or you're going to serve the devil. Who are we going to obey? When we satisfy self, we're actually satisfying the enemy we need to obey God in our obedience to God I'm telling you there is wonderful blessing it's not about pleasure it's about purpose it's about destiny you can establish a destiny how many of you want a destiny to do God's will there's only one way to do God's will obey how many of you want purpose in your life purpose then you're going to have to seek purpose over pleasure. Because not everything that you're supposed to do is going to be pleasurable. We're not on this planet anymore for our own personal enjoyment. We're here to serve a king and to obey all of his commands because in all of his commands is rich blessing in life. But it may cause pain. But the joy of serving God is worth it. And I have purpose. We want destiny. We want purpose. Then Obey the Lord. Then thirdly, we will develop a relationship with Him. There are areas in my life where I've come to know that if I will listen to His voice and obey immediately, I, 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 I have pleasure and I have joy. How many of you, when you asked your kids to do something and you came home and they came right to the door, and what do they want to tell you? They did it! You know, when you get there and they don't show up and you can't find them, they didn't do it. Obedience. Obedience. The great Bema seat, the judgment seat of Christ, 1 Corinthians chapter 3, says all of our works will be tested. All of the testing is on our obedience. What did you do with what I gave you? Fourthly, it gives you identity. The church is the school of obedience. We are what demonstrates the commands of Jesus. There's no other mechanism. There's no other function. There's no other way for a lost world and a society to understand what Jesus has commanded unless the church does it. And you're identified as a Son of God, a child of the Lord Jesus Christ, the Bride of Christ. How will they know that you're My children? That you love one another. There's a command of the Lord. Obedience. So you may have a little argument with you. I don't like them. I don't want to be with them. They really annoy me. But I'm not going to slander. I'm not going to gossip. And I'll pray for them. Fifthly, it brings a purity. It's not half-hearted. Obedience is either full obedience or it's not obedience and full obedience brings a purity to your identity, to your purpose, and to your destiny. I want this church to be pure in its obedience to God. Now look at we all have sin issues, we all have failures. And what we're supposed to be doing is schooling each other in how to obey it, not condemning each other, not putting each other down, but helping each other, tutoring each other. You need help on your homework, you get a tutor. We got people here stuck in pornography. Find someone who found a way out and get some tutoring. You got someone dealing with alcohol. You got some people in marriage problems. Find someone who's working through it and they found obedience to Christ and found a way out and a purpose for their marriage. Find them and get tutored. And you begin to obey. The key here, brothers and sisters, is obedience. We have got to learn the Word of God and obey it. 20. Many of us are still stuck in our sins and stuck in our addictions and stuck in our self-serving lives because we are not obeying what God has told us over and over to do. Cut off some of those relationships. Stay away from the things you keep walking to. Obedience. Now, every now and then, God will come in miraculously and bring a healing and bring a deliverance, but many times he doesn't because he needs you to simply obey. and the doors will open up. Let's bow our heads this morning. God, I want to be in the school of obedience. I want to demonstrate obedience to the lost. I need to be set free, Lord God, from things that I've been disobedient. I've delayed my obedience, O oh God for too long. I pray that You would saturate us with this Word this morning and minister to us. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.